Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help raise your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's ruined. Hi, my name is Hallie Kiefer. And I'm Allison Livey. And we're here with Ruined, for all you scaredy-cats out here. That's me. And also horror lovers. That's me, who just need to find a place to come together. It's a podcast where if you read the Wikipedia entry for a horror movie because you refuse to see it because you're afraid of everything, we're going to talk about it. We got you. I love horror movies. I watch them all the time. Allison is... I hate them, and I want to know the twist. Really bad. So we're here to provide a service to you. And also, if you're someone who loves horror movies and you just want to hear about your favorite horror movie because you're a creep like me, well, welcome. Well, Hallie's a creep, and I'm afraid of everything, so. And the movie we are doing this week is Funny Games. Now, this Funny Games, the one we're doing is the remake from 2007. But I thought, you know, with the rules around remakes, we haven't established any. So, um, but it is— I didn't know there was an original, so— Well, luckily, it's a shot-by-shot English-language remake of the same exact movie by the same director. What language was the original in? Uh, Why are you asking me (laughs) up top to, like— Have information about a movie that you're allegedly super into. No, I shouldn't know this. I'm really sorry. I'm not—no, this is a movie I had never seen before. I'd heard a lot about it, obviously. If you look up, you know, top— you know, 25 horror movies of the past 25 years. Funny Games is often on it. So I've always known it, okay. like, sort of culturally. I've never seen it. I actually saw it specifically for this episode, which we'll discuss it. Um, I'm more of a funny girl uh, fan. <laughs> that would be more my world. Right, which— oh, A Jew. <laughs> so the original um, 1997 version, also by director Michael Haneke, is Austrian. So, oh, but that sounds exa- scarier. Well I, well, I didn't watch that Eastern Europe. We gotta, we gotta watch the English one. <laughs> Eastern Europe is, in general, very scary I'm to me. I'm telling you, the English language one, that's as scary as you can handle. Yeah. You can't even handle. No, I can't. I can't handle anything. Though, of course, if I did summarize the other one, it would be in English, but let's just do what <laughs> I would we're have doing. no idea that we were doing a movie that was in a different language, because I wouldn't have seen it. And I love the power that I have, that, uh, because you don't know anything. You, you can mean, I like me. being able to control you I mean, in don't. that way. <laughs> So we just watched the um, Funny Games trailer. Allison, first reactions. I mean, it Did looks, it scare you? I was scared until they started playing mm. jauntier music behind the psychologically terrifying scenes. Right. Which, for me, just undoes all of it. Like, the second you have something that sounds like it was in Looney Tunes mm-hmm. playing underneath somebody who's, I think, killing someone with a golf club. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what to Very think anymore. Very astute observation. <laughs> Thank you. Now, and it's interesting because you, you have said in the past that you don't like horror comedy. I love it, but you are very much like those are— two different flavors that don't belong together. I don't like them together because I don't like horror. To me, like, it's it's not peanut butter and chocolate. It's, you know, dirt and chocolate. Peanut butter and mint. I love like, peanut butter and mint. Oh, my God. What? We I agree like I'm a horror movie right now. <laughs> so you don't eat junior mints when you're seeing a horror movie. I, I'd rather die than eat a junior mint in any scenario. I would rather only eat junior mints and never see a horror movie. So this, if you haven't seen the movie, guess what? We're about to spoil it, so please stay aware. Yes. And if you have seen it, you know that the central 
the the scary part of this movie is a home invasion. And how yes. do you feel about a home invasion as, as a spooky scenario? I'm like, I don't want one. <laughs> Hate it. Hate it. Get Not out of here with this home invasion. I don't like people I know coming to my house. Why on earth <laughs> would I want people I don't know coming into and my house? And especially they're trying to kill you. Yes. I so would, nefarious. Yeah, I would say for me it is one of the scarier, like I prefer to say a ghost or that kind of thing because home invasions do happen. Right. There. Yeah, the more real any horror movie is, like, the more terrifying I find it. Like, a giant scary monster that, like, comes from the supernatural, like, is still terrifying to me. Exactly. But I can, like, remind myself, like, that doesn't exist. Whereas, like, uh, two hot guys wearing white polos showing up to your house to kill you, I think they're... complete hotties. They're so hot. The pillowiest lips and the floppiest, most beautiful bangs. Yeah. It's very confusing watching it because the whole time you're like, well, they, but they are hot. I'm like, I do want them to kill me in a, you know... Um, what is that? Run over me with your car? Oh, yeah. You know, choke me, daddy. In this scenario, hit me <laughs> with your very golf ha- Shatter my tibia with your golf club, yes. daddy. Is what we would say to Michael Pitt and uh, I wrote down his name. Bradley Corbett. Corbett. Stunners. Two stunners. If they show, if they show up to your door, in any scenario, I'm they're there to kill the door. you. Oh, but they're there to kill you. I'm Allison. still answering the door. <laughs> well, and so maybe we should just get into the summary. That's the problem. That that is initial. That is the kickoff of funny games. Yeah. Do you if you see these hotties? Do you open the door? So we start, and we have Anne played by Naomi Watts and George played by Tim Roth, and they're driving with their son Georgie. To oh. and their gorgeous uh, golden retriever Lucky in their beautiful like not car. So lucky. Yeah, well, we know that from the trailer. The They're driving their car. They're towing their sailboat to their—they're going to Long Island. It says it's a lake. I'm, I'm taking scary. it to be the Hamptons. And everything is so perfect and beautiful, and they're watching—they're listening to opera. So you know, of course, things are going to— I feel like the better things are in the beginning for everybody in these movies, like, the worse it's going to get. Like, Absolutely. if you're, like, a happy, beautiful family with, like, 1.5 children and a fancy dog, and you're going on a luxury trip somewhere, like, Someone you're all going to die. Someone's going to hit your husband with a golf club immediately. Yeah. Also, so, like, that's the, exactly the weapon that these people would get hurt with. This is a very particular, um, you know, niche experience. Rich white nightmare. So they drive to their lake house, and they wave to their next-door neighbors who are on the lawn, Eve and Fred. And with Eve and Fred are two young men dressed all in white— who we've never seen before, and Anna George have never met, and they could tell that even Fred, something is a little funny. You know what I mean? And even Georgie, their son, says, well, where's Jenny, their daughter? Do they know them? Had they met them before? So they're basically like, what I took it as, you see them every summer when you go to the lake. Sure. So they're close, but you only see them, you know, when you're in this particular location. And it's all these big, gorgeous houses that are extremely far apart and are clearly only—people are only there on vacation. So, like, a lot of these houses probably are uninhabited. People are just getting for for the season. You know what I mean? There's not like there's a town around there. Yeah. Already terrifying. Right. So they go, George—and they're like, that's a little odd, but we're having a great time. We're going to the lake. George and Georgie go and set up the sailboat, and Anne's in the kitchen, and she has brought four pounds of steak, and she's sort of preparing dinner. Right away— Georgie comes to her and says, hey, there's somebody at the door. And it's one of the young men we've seen who is dressed all in white. And All in it, white is just such a red flag and such a villain move at this point. They're wearing pure white gloves. Why? Also, so messy. Like, that's also the confidence, that's, that's a male confidence thing to wear all white. Like, to do what they're about to do. Yes. Yeah, if you see that, but again, I think it's like, well, they're young, they're white, they have great hair, their lips look like a figure eight. Yeah. 
<laughs> I think it's okay. You know, so basically sure. the one, this is um, Peter and who comes to the door and uh, says, you know, I'd like to borrow four eggs. Hello. Hello. Sorry to disturb you. I'm staying next door. I saw you earlier at the gate. How can I help you? Mrs. Thompson sent me. She's cooking and she ran out of eggs and asked if you could help her out. And Anne's like, well, this is kind of a hassle. Also, again, yeah. uh, Paul's played by, uh, Peter's played by Brady Corbett. Paul is Michael Pitt. They're both terrifying. And yeah. they also kind of look similar. They do look really similar. I didn't realize there were two of them until they were both in a scene in the trailer. So Peter said, I, can I borrow four eggs? And it's like, sure, okay. Borrows four eggs. He immediately drops them. Like Says, on purpose? He, presumably. Okay. I don't know his business, but I got to assume. Based on again, what's about to happen. Right. This is all intentional. You'll still have four left. It's a box of the dozen, isn't it? Or am I mistaken? No, you're not mistaken. <sighs> so, would you like the carton this time? It's not necessary. You sure? Look, before you destroy the rest of the kitchen, maybe you should just take the eggs and leave. All right? Yes. He, she, she gives him four more eggs. He goes outside. The dog's barking up a storm because dogs can sense evil. Of course. And uh, he drops the other four eggs. And he's like, oh, the dog made me drop the eggs. And is already like, all right, well, that was eight eggs. That's, That's eight all eggs. you get. That's a lot of eggs to borrow. You got to get out. And then basically he starts to pressure her very gently. And both he and Peter and Paul have very gentle, soothing voices. Yes. And the creeping dread of this is that they are sort of slowly making their way into the house. They're not just busting in. They're Ugh. in there. For, it's like, I came here to borrow eggs. That's a very normal reason for me to be here. I dropped them. I have to stay. I need more eggs. But Anne, of course, because she's a woman and she's not, she's observant. She's like, this is already bad. Something is already going on. Yes. So she gives him the last four eggs. So she's given this man 12 eggs. That's so many eggs to give a teen. Meanwhile, um, Paul, Michael Pitt, has also arrived. So now they're both in the foyer. Like, why He's are they touching both her husband's there? golf clubs. Ooh. He takes a golf club outside to, like, test it out. And Anne's like, you got to go. You get out of here. George and Georgie don't know this is happening because they're doing the sailboat. And okay. we hear Lucky barking frantically, and then his barking stops. And we presume, and we find out that um, Paul has uh, beaten the dog to death with a golf club. But you don't see it. We just, we just know That's because we're scarier. watching a horror movie. I'm Absolutely. Not seeing that scene and just knowing, like, whatever I'm imagining is so much more violent and terrible yes. than what it probably would have looked like. Uh, probably not. I don't know. It's yeah. scary. It's unsettling. So George rightfully is like, something's up. So yeah. he goes back to the house with Georgie. And this leads to a confrontation with the Paul and Peter. And they're like... She's being so impolite. I, I just don't. And they're sort of like, I guess it's the gaslighting, essentially, where they're sort of yeah. like, you guys are the ones acting crazy. Even though it's like, you're dropping eggs all over my house. And you killed our dog? With well, they golf? don't know that yet. Okay. We know that, obviously. How do we know that? Because we're, well, here's the thing. And that's the context of this movie. Okay. That I think is what we sort of get into is that this movie is very aware and wants you to be aware as an audience member that you're watching a horror movie. So okay. you know that because it's been telegraphed to us. Okay. You know that, yes. that that's what's right. happening. However, in within the story, those characters might not know everything that we know. Okay, I get that. And, and uh, well, which I'll get to in a minute. It's basically, you know, they sort of had this conversation or just like, get the hell out of my house. Right. He slaps Paul across his beautiful face. Ugh. And Paul takes the golf club and just breaks George's leg. Oh, my God. Shatters his leg. George hits the ground. And then it's like, oh, something where it's like, has been escalating and escalating. And now we know... This is They're what's violent. going to happen. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, so I'm going to ask you right now, in this scenario, what would you do? If my husband, I assume, mm-hmm. uh, has been, had his tibia shattered? Yes. I mean, kick them out. Also, like, you know their parents. I don't understand, like, obviously, like, horror movies wouldn't exist if, like, everybody just played by the regular rules of society right. and was like, oh, right, we have phones or whatever. But, like, why wouldn't you be like, you boys have to go home and, like, call over there or tell them? Well, I think that we've escalated to a point where they're, in the house they're now afraid. Okay. And I also didn't add two details. One. Oh, great. <laughs> we, so basically, we think that we receive information about Peter and Paul that where we think, like, oh, we know who these people are. It turns out we don't know who they are. We don't know where they're from. They're, okay. They give us different backstories throughout the movie. Okay. So they're not people who so are from friends. there or attached there. Yeah. Okay, I understand. Right. I mean, I guess I would try and find my phone and call 911, so but that's in the definitely scenario, not. Your, uh, Anne's phone has fallen in the sink. Of course it has. Paul has knocked it into the sink. Yes. So the one phone they have, they do not have a landline. See, those old houses, man. They You're got, saying, you gotta have a landline. You gotta have a landline. and um. And then George has, of course, left his cell phone in the car, which you never do. No, never. It's always in your back pocket. Who knows who could be tweeting? Like, you have to be ready. But, uh, I mean, I guess try and hurt them. Like, try okay. and retaliate. Okay. I would have said run. You're, are Where? we counting out run? But he can't. But yeah, your husband, right. what am I going to leave my husband? You're saying you wouldn't leave your husband. I guess. No, I definitely would. When I when pressed with one question, I'm like, actually, I would just run away. <laughs> And I guess to set this up, there are a lot of moments in the movie where you have that, like, why don't you try to hit him with a chair? Yeah. But you also are like, well, because your child's there. Well, because there's no one around. Well, you don't have a phone. Right. Anything there's that you two do. two of them and one of exactly. one able-bodied adult. And they are clearly fully sociopaths. Yes. So, okay, okay, so now we're back in the movie. Shit has hit the fan, right? And... uh what you sort of realize is that the movie is asking you, the viewer, why are you watching this horrible movie? Why are you watching this violence? And why are you enjoying it? And we know that because Michael Pitt talks to the camera more than Jim in the office. He's constantly looking at the camera and addressing you, the audience. And um, it's insane. And so basically, they're like, one of the games they do is he has Anne play hot or cold. You know, you're getting warmer, you're getting colder to find the the dog's dead body. Oh my god! Which I guess technically is a game. I don't know if yes. I would call it funny. No, none of fun. I mean, funny and fun are really misnomers in all of the <laughs> right in everything that we're talking about. I made a note. I said it's funny, not like haha. Funny. It's funny. Like I think this milk tastes funny. It's gone bad. Oh yeah. So these games are funny. Yeah, funny. They're not funny. But he's sort of leading her around, and as he does, he's looking in the camera at us, and sort of like a, I know that you're watching this, right? Oof. And uh, Anne asks them, why are you doing this? And they say, sort of in a stranger's type of way, um, why not? Right. And that's really all of the explanation we receive. The scariest, I think. Because, like, it's not based in reason. It's not like, oh, if, you know, if only we had, if we weren't rich, they wouldn't have done this. It's just like, oh, this could happen at any time to any person. There are no rules. And I think, like, in another movie, you'd be like, oh, it turns out, like, my father lost his job and whatever because you, of something, you own a bank or whatever. There'd be some rationale. And the movie is just the raw experience of a home invasion where there's nothing you can do. There's no reason it's happening except these guys essentially get off on it, you know? Um, And this is also why home invasion movies are tough to describe because everything is scary, but you're like, they're just sitting in the living room staring at them. Yeah, it's just tense. Yeah. So as so Anne's walking around with Paul looking for the dog's dead body. Spoiler alert, it's in their trunk. Paul no, put it there. That's so messy. 
Well, I mean, I get, we're, they're never going to get in that car again. I yeah, mean, right. uh, presumably certain, they during won't survive, this, yeah, during this evening, they're not going to be in the car with the with the dog. And so uh, Anne's outside with Paul, and some people stop by on a sailboat. Betsy and Robert, and Robert's sister, whose name we don't know, they live across the lake, and they had sailed around to say hi. Anne does not say anything to them. Why? Well, ostensibly, Paul says to her, you know, we're sort of on the same page, right? Basically, if you say anything, I will go and I will smash up your husband and a son so fast. I understand that. But wouldn't you? Would you? I would go nuts. I'd yeah. also be sobbing. Like, I, I would not right. have. You wouldn't be able to, like, be presenting a normal, like, hey, neighbor, mm-hmm. conversation. Like, you would be hyperventilating and yeah. streaming tears and exactly. screaming. And this movie is, in some sense, and I mean, obviously, I, you know, it's a white person's take on this. It, this is about white people's suppressing their emotions yes. to their own detriment. Yes. The reality is you should be screaming and running into that lake because— This is an indictment of wasp culture. This absolutely is. <laughs> Like, this is what wealth does. Yes. You know what I mean? It's, it starts to destroy the Numbs brain. you to the point of dangerous repression. Also, Betsy, the woman on the sailboat, is the woman from, remember Men in Black? Yes. Where it's the farmhand, Egger, who gets, who the alien takes his skin. Yeah. She plays Egger's wife, who's like, it wasn't Egger, it was like somebody wearing an Egger suit. Oh, yeah. He didn't want water, and he didn't want lemonade. <laughs> Phenomenal character actress. Tr- truly. Oh, her name is Siobhan Fallon Hogan. She's great. Great. So, unfortunately, because Anne did not take the initiative, now they are all in the living room with Peter and Paul. And the Wait, games the people begin. on the sailboat have left now. They go, oh, goodbye. Oh, goodbye. <laughs> because they're like, okay, this great. This is your last chance. See you, see you around the lake. No, you won't. Anne does not say anything. And Anne does not make a one for it. Get your shit together. And, 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 you know, in the beginning, sort of, George also doesn't do what you want him to do. You want George to be like, get the fuck out of my house. I will yeah. fight both of you. Georgie, run out and leave now. You know, like, you want people to make these moves, but I I think this is sort of trying to be like, in reality, you don't know how you'd react. Yeah, everybody's going to get paralyzed by, like, the intense fear of people coming to your house and killing you. Also, this is just more evidence that we should not trust teens and that teens are, in fact, the scariest uh, people. Yes, Uh, like a 20-year-old in in tennis white. No. With a long blonde bang. Absolute. Don't let him, don't give him your eggs. evil incarnate. (laughs) So now it is time for a funny game. Of course. And the funny game, which I don't think is funny, nor do I think it is a game. Um, Paul basically says, hey, we're going we're gonna to make a bet. Our bet is that you will be dead in 12 hours at, at 9 a.m. Yes. And you're going to bet that you're not. Is, that's not a that's game. That's not really a game. It's gambling. It's gambling. Yeah. Um, they also play another game called Cat in the Bag, where they put a pillowcase over Georgie, the little boy's head. Oh my God. Until he stops squirming around. While his parents just have to watch. And you keep wanting the parents to just be like, whatever happens, throw a book at them. Yeah. Flip over a table. Exactly. And they don't do it. And now the husband is basically injured to the point where he he couldn't leave. Right. You know. Right. His leg is broken. Yeah. And watching it, you are like, oh, these are the people who would commit these crimes in real life. Like two gorgeous boys. Yeah. Who, They're like the, the blonde Menendez brothers. Who are from, who, whose wealth has made their brain stop working. Yes. You know what I mean? 100%. You just assume it's like they're bored. Yes. And they give kind of contradictory, like they're like, oh, you know, you know, it's hard to feel anything. And then right. he's like lying. He's like, but also we're white trash and we don't have any, like, it's like, you don't really know where they're coming who they from. they are and what they are. Also, like, I would almost rather my husband be dead at this point. Because, like, now, I mean, not really, but also, like, having an injured person who can't run away with mm-hmm. you is, like, now you're either, like, choosing between yourself and him. Exactly. You're like, well, I can't run away, but also, right. why am I waiting around? Like, you, can, you know. 
Yeah, you were now harnessed there in a way yes. where, like, hypothetically, they if could he was all dead, live. you could go. Oh, yeah, that's true. You know? Like, if he had, yes. you grab the kid and you run out of the house. Exactly. But, like, he's there, and it's like, bye, honey. Well, uh, then things take a worse turn where they, they ask Anne to take off her clothes. No. And Paul says at a certain point, the boys in the bag, so there's a pillowcase over the bo- sunset. Right. The boys in the bag, so now let's see if mommy's titties sag. Which, as a viewer, I'm like, oh, uh, no. Oh, uh, God. I, I hate when misogyny rhymes. <laughs> well, there's a lot of rhyming in this movie, actually. Why? That really takes me out of it. I guess it, like, provokes, like, oh, uh, you know, like, nursery rhymes, that kind of thing, like, yeah, a game. The game. Again, none of these things are per se games. No, it doesn't sound like it. And also, uh, Anne and George and Georgie, they're not really playing. No, they're staying alive. Yeah. So uh, she is forced to take her clothes off, so she's wearing a bra and underwear. She looks fantastic. I and mean, they keep saying she's got no jelly rolls, which, again, is a disgusting. Okay, rude. How dare you use the phrase jelly rolls? Um, I want a donut. And Georgie, <laughs> your, like, your take was just like, God, I just want a donut. I just want to eat a donut. <laughs> um, so because things are terrifying, Georgie, the little boy, pees his pants. Of course. very. All, they all live at this that. point. They've also been there for hours. Everyone would have peed their pants already. Yeah, that's the thing about these like tent, like long, like long home invasion, or like even just like um, hostage movies or whatever. I'm right. like, explain to us when everyone's going to the bathroom. Are we all just peeing? If I was scared, I'd have to pee every 20 minutes. Absolutely. So I, I'd be one like, I'm, I'm really sorry. I, be, like, I just a you can, or something. you can escort me over there, but like, please let me use the bathroom. <laughs> right. Exactly. Peter goes to take Georgie to the bathroom, and as he's walking past George, George finally is like, "Well, fuck it," and he he lunges at him from you know from the couch. Finally, and then finally, Anne and George are fighting um, Peter and Paul, like physically fighting them, and George is able to escape out a window. Okay, so now Georgie is out. It's the middle of the night. Georgie, Georgie, the sun. Okay, so Anne and George are still in the house. Georgie escapes. Now it's just like a lone child in the dark. So we arrived at a very important. Part of every ruined episode. Allison, who's going to survive this movie? And explain to me why. Okay. I want to believe that Georgie's going to survive. Mm-hmm. One, because of the information you just told me. And two, because, like, I don't, I don't know if we need, like, a child murder. But also, what are the rules here? Right. Um, I think uh, Anne and George probably, one of them dies. Mm-hmm. I'm going to guess Anne survives. Okay. Because um, she seems smart enough to have, like, picked up on this is a bad situation. Right. Though not smart enough to have told the neighbors, hey, there's people trying to kill us in our exactly. house. Exactly. And, and just, so basically, so we see her do that, and then we realize, oh, Anne and Fred, the first couple we saw with them, that must have, they must have already been in that scenario. Oh. So they, oh, my God. I just got goosebumps. So, so, yeah. so scary. So because <laughs> it's not until later on that we're like, oh, those they people don't were probably know just them. like, you know, like high also exactly. suppressing their intense fear. Yes. So and if and if even Fred has screamed, they've got us, or like those, there's something horrible's happening. Them. Well, but then at least um they their neighbor would have they would have Anne and George and Georgie would have been able to like peel away or call the cops. Yes. Okay, they I didn't. assume both of them are dead. Even Fred? Yeah. Well, yeah. I you know Is you don't that ha- like implied. You never see them again, but they are dead, for all we know. You, they are I'm not alive, wherever they are. very scared right now, just putting together the pattern that you've just established for And me. then finally, what about the boat people, Betsy, Robert, and Robert's sister, whose name they did not say? Do they I'm survive? I'm confused as to why they don't say her name. Uh, I assume the f- Robert dies. 
Okay. The hay neighbor guy sailing, and maybe the other two survive. Okay, great. That's my, th- those are my predictions based on literally all that you have told me. <laughs> and so now we're going to do Guess the Twist. Now, okay. this is a movie that does not have a traditional twist. Yes. Um, so there's no way you're going to guess what's going to happen. Because something happens. Um, but I will say, let's. I'm going to try to make you guess it anyways. Okay. You know how Michael Pitt keeps talking to the camera? Yes. Addressing us, the audience? Yes. What's a twist that could maybe uh, play on the meta aspect of this movie? I mean, Knowing I, that whatever you're saying is going to be wrong, but there's no way for you to know. Of course. There's truly no way for me to know anything yeah. about what happens. I mean, I guess, like finding out that this is found footage of some kind okay, great. would be a maybe a love it. something. That's a great guess. I, I guess you are wrong. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. Here's of course. What I, okay, so <laughs> Georgie, poor Georgie, which again, every time, and I realized like um, we're, we're doing a spate of episodes today and all of them involve a child being in danger, which I don't, I mean, like, I think if I was younger, I didn't bother, but in my old age, I'm like, no. oh God, the therapy this poor kid's going to need, this is going to haunt him. He's <laughs> already right been through so much. Yeah, and, but I mean, I think that's yes. also in this movie, they are playing it super realistically. So you are much more sympathetic. Yeah. Then if you thought, like, oh, this is a home alone, you know. So he runs next door, which is even Fred's house. We don't see even Fred. However, Georgie does find Jenny, their daughter, dead. Dead. And um, he finds a shotgun. And Paul follows him over there and is sort of hunting cat and mouse through the house. (sighs) And finally he finds Georgie, and Georgie has a shotgun. And he's like, well, go ahead, shoot me. And Georgie attempts to shoot him, but it's not loaded. Yeah. So Paul takes him back. That's a responsible gun at well, it might have been loaded earlier, but unfortunately, yeah. this whole family did. So they go back, and Peter is there. He's just watching TV while um, Anne is beaten up, tied up in her underwear. Oh, my God. Which, again, I think is pointing to sort of like but the we banality of this. No. Um, which uh, none of the violence is depicted on screen. You know what's happening. You hear it, but you don't see Never it. Never see it. 
Um, which so scary. I, yeah, all ties into like sort of asking you to reflect on you know what you're seeing. Yeah. So we go back and um, Paul does an eeny meeny miny mo of who's going to die first. And then Paul goes and gets a sandwich or something. And while he's in the kitchen, we hear screaming. We hear gunshots. We go back. And we think at first that Anne is the only survivor. That right. both Georgie and George have died. And we watch her this long scene, like static shot, like a wide shot of like her painfully getting up and trying to like get out of her um, ties. Uh-huh. And we realize that George is still alive. Georgie the son has died. Oh, I was so wrong. Not only that, the first one did. Oof. The first one dead in this whole scenario. And then I think, again, that's they're trying to subvert your expectations. So right. it's like, wow, not only did they kill a kid, the kid is Dies first. the only death that of this family that we have seen. Yes. So it's like, well, so then what else, you know? And in a, in a lesser movie, or in a different movie that I still would have really enjoyed, um, and this would have been like Anne's call to like, I have to become a badass bitch and I have yes. to like fight these guys. Right. And I have to get my husband out of here and I have to get my revenge. Yes. Would have loved that. Instead, she and George spend 15 minutes trying to dry out her cell phone to make a call because her cell phone member got right. put in the sink. Right. And it makes you be like, if only they had a bag of rice. Ugh. Also, I mean, they had all those eggs. Does no that rice? work with iPhones or is that just older phones? No, I think that's an iPhone thing. Maybe? I think it's all—I remember, like, a I flip think now phone. they're starting to be, like, a little waterproof, but— I feel like when I had a flip phone, it was I very much put yeah, in a thing of rice. My razor. <laughs> Oh, God. And they, that's what they have is flip phones because it's 2007. Yeah. So they're they're trying to dry out the phone. And then, of course, the battery's dead. They don't know where the cord is. Of All of these very realistic, like, yep, that w- that's exactly what yes. would happen. Because you're not planning for this to happen. So finally, Anne is like, I got to make a run for it. You can't get out of here. We can't make a phone call. I'm going. I have to go. She gets dressed, and then she crawls out a window. And Where she, are the hot 20-year-olds right now? We don't know. They've left. But obviously they're around. They're it's around. Not like they yeah, you're, just, never, you're never safe. When you tell a family you're all going to be dead by 9 a.m., you're on the lawn or you're— You're waiting yeah. for them to try and escape so you can kill them. So there's no idea. Like, you know watching. They're there. Yeah. They're they're waiting for them to but try to make But they're not, like, watching them or something like that. Not that you know. They're not, like, in the room. Yeah. So they've left, and um, she makes a run for it. But because this is such a well—it's like Get Out, the beginning of Get Out, where it's, like, this <laughs> really, like— beautiful houses, but there's nobody on the street and there's nothing and no stores. So she's just running around and she misses a car going by and because she was afraid it was them. And she's like, oh no, like I missed my one chance. And then she sees another car and is like, well, now I have to try to stop it. Spoiler yeah. alert, it's Peter and Paul together and they bring her right back. So finally, we're in the living room and we're going to play one final game. The game is called The Loving Wife or whether by knife or whether by gun, losing your life can sometimes be fun. Too long. Too long. Too long, I mean, not fun. They need an edit, a copy editor to really clean that up. And so Peter turns to the audience, who I'm assuming at this point is like, okay, we, we need something to happen. Yeah. And Peter says, You want a real ending, right? With plausible plot development, don't you? And I'm sitting there thinking, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. I know you're not going to give me that. Right, now you're already hinting you're, that it's not that. Because you're a dick. Yeah. And you've been a dick this whole movie. So they make Anne pick, uh, will George be stabbed to death, which will be a very long, painful death, obviously, or... Put a, will he be shot with a shotgun? Oof. And uh, but she doesn't want. Obviously, doesn't want to choose either. Yeah. And it's like you're you're going to kill him yeah. either way. And so they, she's tied up with her hands, and they pull the rope. She hands are tied, and then she's praying. And they make her recite a prayer. The prayer is, "I love you, God, with all my might. Please keep me safe all through the night." 
Manity mm. didn't think about it. And then uh, she has to say it backwards. And then they're like, so if you say it backwards, you get to choose who dies first. And then you got to pick whatever. And then she grabs a shotgun and she shoots Peter in the chest. Wow. And you see it and he flies backwards into the wall. And then it's just like mayhem. And Paul's scrambling around. And he grabs the gun. And he hits her with it. Right. And he's sort of laughing. Because he's, again, right. they're both so fast. Like, yeah, exactly. And then he grabs the remote control. control. It's a fucking remote control. And it's not a twist, but the thing that you'd be surprised to see is he rewinds the actual movie. So he rewinds it, yeah. So he rewinds it to before she, exactly, before she grabs the gun. And I, obviously the comet is like, oh, you thought you were going to get a satisfying ending, like some kind of revenge. You will get nothing from me. You will get nothing. That didn't happen. So they rewind it. She goes to lunch for the gun again. He grabs it out of her hand. I mean, of course. And so. This woman can't win. So, and then they, uh, you know that they, um, I don't believe you see it, but they kill George. So right. George is dead. And in the early mornings, it's like 8 a.m. Uh-huh. So she, which means Anne's been up all night. They take Anne to the sailboat. She's all tied up. They dump her out into the water. Oh my God. Well, you know she's going to drown of course. terribly. The worst Yeah, death. she's already been beat up and then now she's like bound and yeah. drowned. And you know Peter and Paul, which are obviously not their real names because at a certain point they're calling each other Tom and Jerry. Oh God! And um, there's like no identities to them. Exactly, which is they're just horrifying. generic. But you know that they were born rich because they know how to use a sailboat. Yes. Okay, yes, that's not something that anyone knows. They're like God, the Miz no, and Master. It's very thing. complicated. They go to Betsy and Robert's house. Those were the the boat people. Yes. So they live across the lake. They sail over, and um, he was standing there, so they would have met him. Right. And Paul goes up to the door and says, hey, you know, I, I, I'm over there um, hanging out with Anne and George. Do you have four eggs I could borrow? His obsession with four eggs is... I guess because it's so banal. I it guess. It puts you, you know... Four is a lot of eggs. Exactly. I only buy six at a time. And that would be know, two-thirds of my eggs. And then he, we know... What if she doesn't have eggs? Yeah. Then what do you do? I mean, that's, that's a twist. So we're going to play a little game of... Welcome to my home invasion, Ooh. or Fatal Mistakes, Funny Games Edition. Fatal Mistakes. So, basically, we have two things we want to talk about. One, what were the fatal mistakes of of the fam- of Anne and George? This is not victim-blaming. No. Because they're not real. They're a, no. It's a movie. It's a but what should movie. they have done? And then, if we were in that scenario, what could we have used around the house? You sure. know what I mean? And because in, in honor of this movie... I made, I had some observations that I'm going to read that uh, rhyme. Oh, good. Well, that's good. Yeah. Um, do you want to read those? <clears throat> yes. Okay. If you see someone wearing white gloves outside during the day that isn't a mime, run. And my rhyming, the way to remember this is, if the gloves fit, your leg, they will hit. Oh, very good. I've got a lot of these. That's good. Oh, and, and also like clippy enough to be like, it's exactly. moving along. <laughs> Please remember this when your home is being, when you see a, uh, someone wearing sure. white gloves in an all white outfit. If you meet any young man who has a mouth, like a most beautiful Cupid's bow mouth and long Leonardo DiCaprio 1997 bangs, and he has a gentle voice, you and your family are going to die. Yes. So if you're, if if a man has DSLs, your life is about to be hell. And then, of course, his <laughs> dick-sucking lips. Um, for those who don't know, I don't know if that's still a thing that people even say. I don't know. I think um, it is. We're saying it. And I would say uh, the last one is that don't, don't be rich. If they yeah. had not been rich, I don't think we'd have this problem. There would at least right. be people nearby. And the way to remember that is, um, if your kitchen looks like Nancy Myers, your teeth will be pulled out by pliers. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wait, that doesn't happen in this movie, does it? Uh, I'm, you just, I'm be, just thinking just, uh, general. Just like, yes, general horror. Yeah, I could It's a forced rhyme. Yes. I, 
honestly, it rhymes better than some of the things that you said from the movie. So I feel... Thank you. you oh, and then also, always have rice to put your cell phone in. Yeah. Um, always have rice or you will die twice because of the remote. Yes. That makes sense. Thank you. And um, the only, I was trying to think of like what were the funniest parts of funny games. Allison is a, a wonderful comedian and a comedy writer. And I kind of wanted to maybe get some punch up or some thoughts on yeah. some of the jokes from funny I mean, games. Clearly, we already noted a couple places they could have cleaned it up a little bit. Exactly. And you know, I was laughing the whole time, but like, I don't know if that means But it's just funny. because like that kid got murdered. No. Right. Oh, I was like, <laughs> hilarious. I was, you know what I mean? Uh, comedy is tragedy plus time. And for me, that's like a half a second. Yeah. Before I don't it's need funny a, to me. Yeah. I don't need a ton of time. So here's a joke. Um, Paul has a takes a golf ball out of his pocket. Okay. And he said, uh, what's this? And uh and it, and in uh George like, I don't I don't know. And he goes, <laughs> um, it's a golf ball. And he said, Do you know why it's in my pocket? The lady knows, as if he's in a Right, yeah, phone. what is he doing? Crowd work? She's also she's like, I don't know because I don't this know. is not a thing that I've ever encountered before. And um Peter says, Well, because you didn't hit it, it's in your pocket. And Paul said, well, why didn't I hit the golf ball? And Peter says, because something stopped you. And he said, correct. Paul says, correct, because I had to test the club in another way. And that's how we know he killed the dog with the golf club. Right. That's the joke. It's too long. There's uh-huh. no real punch to it. It exactly. relies on a lot of context that maybe their audience didn't have. <laughs> I, I, I don't Which think... is knowing that they killed the dog. Exactly. <laughs> Even I knowing they killed the dog was like... I don't know whether this is a joke or... It's not a great joke. They're not great joke writers, but you know yeah. what? Beautiful people rarely are. Right, exactly. They've never had They to don't be. need to be funny. They're hot. That being said, would kill in an alt room. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to take us to... Let's play a funny game. Okay. Allison, these are would-you-rathers. All right. Would you rather have to clean up 12 broken eggs... Or wear all white gloves. Do I have to wear the white gloves while I'm cleaning? Absolutely. I think I'd rather clean up the eggs. Okay. With your bare hands? I mean, I'll wash them before uh, I eat I'll accept anything. It. I mean, I think. Yeah. Where are the eggs? Are they on like a tile floor? They're on a They're tile floor. They're not a carpet. If it makes a difference, yeah, they're in a carpet. They're in a thick, plush, <laughs> like rich a person's carpet. Where they're all tangled well, up I'm, in there. No, now I'm just going to wear white gloves. All right, but you have to wear them while you're committing a home invasion. I don't want to go to somebody's house. It feels like so much work. <laughs> so we're going eggs? I guess I'm going eggs. Okay. I don't think I could be violent. <laughs> I think we pushed you far enough. This is true. I definitely could. I could get there. Yeah, nobody to. could really know that. Um, would you rather be invited to a really great party, but Michael Pitt is there, and he's just in your peripheral vision, just staring at you, smiling? Oh my God. Or would you rather stay home? I'd rather stay home. <laughs> right, that's the same. And then would you rather go sailing or be the victim of a home invasion? Oh, go sailing. But I'm a, sa- I'm a sailing person. I'm from Annapolis. Oh, well, okay. I'd so absolutely not a real rather be... A, I, the idea of being on a boat is disgusting to Really? Me. You don't like boats? No. Is it a fear thing or just absolutely. a discomfort? Sharks, alligators, big fish I don't know the name of. Everything in the ocean is scary. I will give you that. Drowning. Drown- well, yeah. Getting too hot, sunburned. <laughs> <laughs> Dropping my sandwich in the water. Throwing up. Everything. All of the things. I no, was, I'll take boat. One time I went on a three-hour tour of, like, a historical boat with my aunt and uncle and, like, our family like as a Like, walking kid. around a large boat? Yeah, mean? like, it was supposed to be, like, a pirate ship. I guess, sure. But it was an actual sailboat, and there was no wind, so we got stuck out there, and everyone got sunburned. So maybe that's where this is from. <laughs> that's a real tra- tragedy. Um, and then, finally, could you think of, because I was trying to think of, like, these games are not funny. No. What would be a good alternative title for this movie? 
I'm going to let you sit on that because here's mine. Okay. White People Nonsense, the horror movie. That is a very good... That's a very good title. I mean, if we wanted to stick with games, mm-hmm. I think... Psycho games? Psycho games. Psycho games. Very not funny games. Um, But I do like white nonsense. White nonsense. Terrifying white nonsense. Terrifying white nonsense. And then, like we, as we end every Ruined episode with, we're going to rate this movie on the spooky scale. Now, this scale has nothing to do with the actual quality of the film. No. We're not saying this is a good film or a bad film. I think it's a wonderful film. We're saying, was it actually scary? Right. What would I rate it? What would, well, I'll rate it based on my knowing about what happened to Allison, you. again, has not, seen, not this seen this movie. She has seen will none never, of the movies. We'll never see this movie. Nor I watched should the you. trailer and wanted to hear Hallie tell it to me. I still got scared at one point. Which part? When you told me that, like, when I put together, when you put together, like, yeah. oh, yeah, they didn't know them either. Yeah. And it's like, they're just doing this. I genuinely did get goosebumps. And apparently, and we'll probably know, keep going until right. there is no stopping. Them. And also, yeah. there is no stopping them if they keep, like, making their way through and everybody dies. Um, I mean, I would give this, like, solidly, like, a, what are we, on a scale of 10? Like a 7? Yeah. <laughs> 7 spookies? Yes. I'm going to give it a six spookies. Okay. Here's the thing. I was not in the moment scared, but sure. I think it was a very interesting thought experiment mm-hmm. of sort of looking at the audience. I just I do think that it undermines the spookiness of a movie Yes, to be like, wink, we're in a movie. But also, you know, hey, it, they, it was a big swing. Yeah. People love this movie. I mean, it sounds great. Yes. Like, if, you, if what you like is scary movies, I think that that would be something that's, it's fun and like a little like, you know, Heady and interesting. Yeah. And I would say any movie where a child is endangered is auto- probably automatically going to get a three for me because I find that so terrifying. Yeah. I don't think we need that, you know? So I'm giving it six okay. spookies. Six. I'm going to say seven because uh, I I find, like, tense, like, before everything. Like, him asking for the eggs would probably have, like, horrified me. Yes. That, like, that the first 20 the, minutes is the most terrifying the part. The unease and, like, that like is scarier than violence, and it sounds like most of this movie is yeah. just being uneasy and tense and uncomfortable, and to me, that's, like, the ultimate terror. So, yeah. Absolutely. Wow. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us for another incredible episode of Ruined. Thank you for letting us ruin funny games yes, for you. we love ruining things. This well, was great. Now I don't have to read about it. <laughs> Right, exactly. Now, skip the Wikipedia article. Come straight to us. Come straight to us. We always, we'll have your back. All right, thanks for listening, guys. And I want to say it. Keep it spooky. Oh, God. She hates that, but we'll come up with something better. (laughs) Bye, guys. Ruined is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix.